Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Last Sunday, my family and I returned from Tucson, Arizona, where we celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles and the last great day with members of the Philadelphia Church of God. And it really is the most joyous time of year for God's people, God's church, celebrating these holy days, traveling to a place that God has chosen, and rejoicing with each other. This is commanded in the Bible to be observed forever, these holy days. Deuteronomy 14 describes the Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 23 says, And you shall eat before the eternal your God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of your corn, of your wine, and of your oil, and the firstlings of your herds and of your flocks, that you may learn to fear the eternal your God always. That's Deuteronomy 14, verse 23. Now, it really is important for us to understand why we are traveling all this way to go to a Feast of Tabernacles site to fear God. Now, there obviously is a lot of celebrating, a lot of rejoicing, eating good meals, having a nice drink, staying in a nice hotel or resort much of the time. But really, that purpose there is so that we may learn to fear God. Now, again, that's in Deuteronomy 14. The reason it talks about fearing God, this is connected to paying a second tithe. So God's people are saving up a tenth of their net income or their gross income every year. And at the feast, they can spend that money so that they may rejoice. But the thing is, we have to obey that tithing command in the first place if we want to be able to rejoice at God's feast. So you see, we have to fear God. We have to obey God. We have to submit to God's command to save up a second tithe so we can attend the feast and rejoice. God also commands rejoicing here in Deuteronomy 14, verse 26. At the end of it, it says, And you shall eat there before the eternal your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. We have to fear God by obeying his command to keep the second tithe, by traveling to a location where God has placed his name, where we need to settle down for seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles, and then the one day after that, the last great day, and we are taught by God's ministers and other speakers about God's truth. The focus of the feast is the messages. We go to services every day of the feast 
and then also on the last great day. And we're hearing God's truth. We're sharpening our vision of the future. We're being taught. And we learn to properly fear and respect and obey God. When we do all that, it becomes possible to rejoice. It's amazing, the blessings of obedience. When we just do what God tells us to do, when we keep the days God tells us to keep every year, then rejoicing is a natural result. What a wonderful God to tell us to rejoice. And now at the feast in Arizona, we heard some outstanding messages. We were taught about how very soon all mankind will learn to fear God. What we practice at the Feast of Tabernacles every year, coming before God, sitting quietly, learning God's truth at services, learning how to apply it in our lives, all mankind is going to practice that in the future. They are going to keep God's Feast of Tabernacles and last great day in the future. There are plenty of prophecies about that. Zechariah 14, for example. Micah 4 shows how God's perfect world-ruling government will enforce one pure religion over all mankind. Notice Micah 4, verses 1 and 2. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the eternal shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. The mountains there are talking about governments. God's government will be supreme over all people. Continuing here in Micah 4, verse 2, And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Eternal and to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Eternal from Jerusalem. You see, all mankind will be ruled by God. In the wonderful world tomorrow, after the return of Jesus Christ, and they will want to be taught. They will want to gather at Jerusalem to keep God's feast. They will learn how to fear God so that they can be blessed. Today, God's church is constantly receiving new revelation, new understanding from the Bible. We can know what's going on in the world around us today with the chaos of war and violence in Israel right now. Why is that happening? Where is it leading? We can know. God tells us where it's all headed. We are very blessed with a constant outpouring of new truth from God. So much of that truth comes to us at the feast. Eight straight days, if you include the last great day, of services. At least two of those days have double services every year. And so that's hours and hours of instruction. It's equivalent to probably about three months 
of regular weekly Sabbath services. And we get all that information at the feast in just over a week. God is pouring out truth. And all we have to do is sit still and listen and apply that truth in our lives. Learning to fear God, learning to stay silent when he is speaking to us. One of the speakers at the feast in Arizona said we need to make sure every feast feels like our first feast. A honeymoon with our husband, Jesus Christ. The world is suffering. The world needs a new government. They need the marriage of Jesus Christ to God's church. When we fear God today, we receive God's truth. And we prepare for a future when the world will be blessed for fearing God. We'll teach them how to fear God. God's family all around the world in the world tomorrow will rejoice together at the feast. There will not be any more clashes between false religions as there is today. That's a huge cause for the violence in Israel right now. False religion, murderous false religion. In the future, there will be just one religion. Everyone fearing and obeying God so they may be blessed, so they may rejoice, just like we do at the feast. God is merciful and patient. He wants to save all mankind. And everyone will have a real chance at that in the future. At the feast, we heard a lot about how God's people are being educated and trained for government positions in the world tomorrow. Isaiah 11 verse 9 talks about God's truth flooding the entire earth. And that's exactly what we experience at the Feast of Tabernacles every single year as members of the Philadelphia Church of God. We are flooded with God's truth. God's knowledge, God's understanding, God's wisdom is freely available and it flows in God's church. Soon it will be that way in the entire world. We heard at the feast the importance of vision. We desperately need a vision of this future where all mankind will be at peace. The world will be at rest. No more war. Micah 4 goes on to talk about how weapons of war will be destroyed. In fact, they'll be converted into farming tools. There will be no more use for war anymore. No more young men thrown into the meat grinder of war. There will be no need to fear tyrannical government. 
ruining our lives with overreach, with disastrous policies. Everyone will experience true education oriented around family. Families will operate the way that God commands. A strong father, a loving mother, obedient children. And entire communities will be transformed by simply obeying God's laws of marriage and family. What a future that is. Don't we need vision? In fact, without it, we're in big trouble. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. The people are dying when they lack vision. Do you think someone with strong vision of a glorious eternal future would ever commit suicide? If they had hope, would they end their physical lives? Doesn't a lack of vision actually lead to real death? So we need vision, but notice where it comes from. Proverbs 29 verse 18 continues, But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Just like members of the Philadelphia Church of God, Keep the law and obey God's command to observe the feast every year. It may seem peculiar to people in the world why we pack up and travel to a new location pretty much every year for about a week and a half. It may seem strange that people that normally can't afford to live at a resort for a week and a half all of a sudden have all this money to spend. But it's because we save up for it year round. And we enjoy the feast like royalty. Simply because we keep God's command to save a second tithe for that feast. We obey God's commands and then we rejoice. We keep God's law and we are happy. And we build vision as we desperately need, just like it says there in Proverbs 29 and verse 18. The entire world will be so different in terms of health, in terms of education, economy, agriculture, government, religion, even language. There will be no more language barrier in the future. Human beings will get along. Isn't that something worth living for? Stretching and straining to see that future? PCG Pastor General Gerald Flurry delivered three sermons at the feast this year. And he focused on some of the Psalms that King David did not write since he went through most of the ones that King David did write at the ministerial conference this past summer. And members heard those lectures as well. 
So at the feast, he focused on non-Davidic psalms. Psalm 87 shows the God family expanding worldwide. Now, that is what we are trying to work toward today, where the entire world can have access to God's truth. And if they want to listen, if they want to heed, they can. We are trying to give people an opportunity to receive hope by hearing God's truth. But only those who really fear God are going to have hope. Only those who fear God enough to obey him because they don't want to disappoint their creator. They want to please their creator. Those are the kinds of people who will really be blessed. Psalm 87 talks about Jerusalem, the city of God, God's universe headquarters, the very place where all mankind will soon gather to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And we have the honor of working there in Jerusalem today on archaeological excavations, establishing the Armstrong Institute of Biblical Archaeology, the Let the Stones Speak magazine and podcast. We are really declaring unto the cities of Judah, behold your God, as it says in Isaiah 40 and verse 9. Very soon, the entire world will rejoice to be liberated from the devil's way and to finally understand God's way and be able to choose to live that way and obey it. Psalm 87 talks about that. People who rejoice, people who sing and dance and play instruments to praise God. Finally, the minds of mankind will be opened to God's way because finally they are obeying and fearing him. Psalm 113 talks about the importance of praising God. Mr. Flurry covered that psalm at the feast as well. He said we need to praise God as a way of life. And it's just so beneficial to us. It helps us keep our mind on God and on his law. It increases our understanding of the truth, which gives us vision of our future. Mr. Flurry talked about Psalm 76 as well. The music and the poetry of the Bible, taking time to stop and think about all that God is teaching us, really pondering the magnificent vision of our future and the reward that he is offering to us if we just fear and obey him. Psalm 132 talks about having full joy. And really, it all just comes from obeying God. It's just such a simple reoccurring theme at God's feast. 
at the feast every year, we have something called the blessing of the little children. And this is really a cause for great rejoicing. These little helpless babies, these gifts from God to their parents are blessed by the ministry. They are prayed over the ministry, beseeching God for protection physically, mentally, and spiritually for each one of these beautiful little children. And this comes straight from the example of Jesus Christ. Like I said, the education of the world tomorrow will be focused on family. The feast has a strong emphasis on family. Mark chapter 10, Jesus Christ speaking here in verse 15. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. You see, to enter God's kingdom, to be part of God's kingdom, we actually have a lot to learn from little children. Their innocence, their curiosity, their desire to learn and to understand, their reliance on their parents, just like we should rely on God, our spiritual father. Little children are a picture of the kingdom of God. And notice the way that Christ treated little children. Mark 10, verse 16. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. That's where the blessing of the little children's ceremony at the Feast of Tabernacles each year comes from. At the feast, we also heard about proper child rearing and how to avoid offending Jesus Christ's little ones. Just practical instruction, teaching children how to enjoy praying to God and studying their Bibles, teaching them life lessons about the value of hard work instead of cheating telling the truth instead of lying, how to be healthy, how to take lessons away from the Bible and make the Bible come alive to our children. Parents have the precious opportunity to open their children's mind to God's truth. We also heard about hard work at the feast in Arizona. You can only imagine the kind of destruction that is coming in a nuclear World War III. And somehow all of that mess has to be cleaned up. If we're ever going to establish God's rule on earth, the wreckage must be cleared. And if you think about it, God always rewards people who obey him with more work to do. That's why we really need to change our attitude about hard work. The parable of the pounds, the parable of the talents, those who do well 
with what God has given them, those who manage their resources the way that God commands, are given even more resources to manage, which takes even more work to succeed at. God wants us to be hard workers like him. John 5, verse 17. Builders, counselors, healers, administrators of the world tomorrow. Governing, providing instruction to people, feeding, housing, cleaning them, keeping them safe, healing them when they're sick, counseling them when they have problems to overcome, explaining why World War III occurred in the first place, teaching them how to praise God. All of that is going to take a lot of work. God judges his people by works. We don't earn anything by our works, but we certainly have to work hard still. What an amazing Feast of Tabernacles this year. And really just seven days of valuable, life-changing instruction. Arizona was just one of 17 PCG feast sites around the world, all of which had an outpouring of truth the entire seven days. And then the last great day as well, which pictures the time after the 1,000-year world tomorrow, when all mankind who has ever lived will be resurrected. And they'll be confused at first. They might be scared, but we will comfort them and we will give them an opportunity to obey and fear God and rejoice as well. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.